Mizbeach. There's also the idea that this is the ultimate climax of Hanukkah. Now, even though we are not going to be zeicher to fulfill the mitzvah Menera anymore for this year, we could still learn about it and we could still learn the Torah of Menera, etc. So we haven't quite finished the Gemara in Shammah, so I don't think we're going to finish it today either. Maybe we'll keep some for next year, Hanukkah. Um, well, we're going to continue where we left off, and we'll see where we get to. So, um, <coughs> we're up to um, about two-thirds of the way down the page. The last word of a line is a Rosh Hashanah, Tanur Abonon, Tof Reish. Chof Aleph, Amen Base, about two-thirds down the page. And then the next line starts with the words Neir Chanukah. Tanur Abonon, Neir Chanukah. It's a mitzvah to put the Ner Hanukkah. The mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah is to put it on the, on the, by the door of your house, outside. It's to be on the street, outside your house. Um, one second. If you live on the second floor up, um, and I guess the assumption is that you don't have your own uh, personal door to the street, you put it in the window, which is facing the Rishusarabim. In a time of danger, you just put the menorah on your table. If it's dangerous to put the menorah outside, um, then you just put it inside on your table. Or even on the wall, or even by the window. Oh, we'll get there soon. But presumably, before let, let, let's sort of let's let's try and let's try and not have any preconceived notions and sort of take it as, as in the order the Gemara presents it. <coughs> so the mitzvah is to put it at your door, and there's the concept of putting it at your window um, if you don't have a door. If you door baliyah, then you put it in the window. What if there's a sakona? Now, what exactly is the sakona? First of all. So Rashi says, Hasakana, Shahayalam the Parsi Mikhik Bainam Shalayavir Nay Alba Besa Vay Dazar Shalaham Kadamir Megitid. There was a Persian law that on their holidays it was forbidden to light candles anywhere in personal houses, only in their uh, houses of worship. Tosis, I'm not sure if Tosis is referring to the same thing, but Tosis also refers to a similar concept where there was, uh, it refers to another Gemara where there was, it was actually forbidden to um, have <coughs> candles. And Tosis asks, what's it going to help to put on your table? They could take it away from there too. And Tosis answers that they weren't so strict about it. They didn't go peeking into your house to see if you had a candle, but at least there wasn't allowed to be any external um, visibility. Now, of course, for the, so far, um, it doesn't. you can't say to put it in the window because it was illegal to have the candle. It wouldn't help to put it in the window. Right? That's what the Gemara says. 
you put the menorah outside if you don't by the door. If you don't have a door, you put it um, by the window. If it's dangerous to show any lights outside, then you just put it inside on your table. Now, later on, the Gemara is going to say, it's not on this page, it's on the next page, the Gemara says that when you light the menorah by your door, where do you light it, on the right side or the left side? And there's machlokes, but we pass like the second shita, that you light it on the left side, so that should be mezuzah miyamin, or and you're surrounded by mitzvahs. And the way um, the Medrash says it, uh, one of the Medrashim says it also, is that you have the Mezuzim Yemin, the Balabayis, Betalis Mutsuyetzes, Bemtsa, and the Mezuzah and the Menorah Mismoel. So you have completely surrounded with the mitzvahs of Menorah, Mezuzah, and Tzitzis. <coughs> So you're supposed to light the menorah by the door of your house going into the street on the left side of the door. And the Gemara also says, um, not on um, this page, on the next page also, it has to be within a tefach, one hand's breadth, um, next to the door. You can't put it far away from the door. It has to be immediately adjacent to the door. Now, we all know that nowadays we don't light the menorah outside. Now, soon we'll discuss about whether or not to light it in the window. But the Takana, what we basically do, in, in, as, far, as far as the, the plain reading of the Gemara is concerned, the only room to place the menorah in the window is if you don't have a door. You don't have your own personal door to the street. Um, however, if you have your door to the street, the mitzvah is to light the menorah outside. But yet, um, virtually no one, at least in Chutzlaret, does that. In Israel, in recent years, um, there has been, in certain communities, somewhat of a rev- um, resurrection, if that's the word, of the ancient minhag to light outside. Some people still do that, but for the most <coughs> part, we don't do that. Now, the truth is, and even and obviously the, the point being, even though there is no danger, we're not worried of any Persians coming and arresting us for <coughs> lighting candles, even though there's no danger whatsoever. Just to worry about the shin bed. Right. The yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, nevertheless... <coughs> That maybe spreading to Kutzar, so I have a neighbor who's Zionistic, and him and his kids like in the window, and they have one outside on a chair oh. covered with glass. Oh, so first of all, the natives did it. The natives did it next to the. So, so, the, so first of all, what's w- one thing that's very evident is that historically this seems to be have been the case. <coughs> for as far back as we can recall. Already in the Rishonim, in fact, already in Toysus on the page, um, early on we learned this Toysus, when we spoke about the correct time to light the menorah, Toysus said that nowadays that we light inside, and therefore the Prusubinissa, the message of the menorah is primarily for the Bnei Abayis, it's not for the people in the street, but it's for the people, for your family. Therefore, there, according to Thesis, it's not important to light early at the exact time between sunset and when the wood uh, sellers 
um, leave the streets because you're not lighting it for them, you're lighting it for your family, and if your family are up later than that, um, then that's okay. So already in Tosus, we see that that was the min, the, the minhag was always to light inside. Um, now, just a number of interesting quotes um, from... From other Rishonim, and this is very important to see. Just, it's just important to understand, to appreciate that these are Rishonim from various periods and various places, and they all writing the same thing: that the minhag is to light inside, not outside, even though there's no sakana. Um, so, for example, in the Shabbali Haleket, he says. He also he says the same thing. Nowadays, it's the minute light inside, even though there, he says explicitly, even though there's no danger. Say for itur, also an important tradition. He says, since there was because of the sakana, they started lighting inside. So if you can light it outside, so put it outside. But if not, put it inside. So uh, again, we see not as strong as the other shaitan, and he does sort of show a preference to lighting it outside. <coughs> But he's not. He definitely doesn't understand that now that there's, that there's a chiyuv to put it outside um, in absence of a danger. The Yizurua, for example, he says, "I don't understand. I don't understand why, when there's no sakana, why don't we light it outside?" What's interesting from the Yizurua is that even though he didn't understand it, he didn't change the minhag. Right? He's, the Yizurua still uh, kept the minhag to light inside, and he says he doesn't understand why. Now. Um, the Ritva, the Ritva says that when the Gemara says when the Gemara says Sakana, it doesn't mean exclusively Sakana Snefashis. Dim came shitadam, it's a sasulay hori. He says it obviously doesn't mean a, a actual real danger because um, because the, obviously you don't need to put yourself in danger to fulfill a mitzvah say and even uh, even a mitzvah say the rabbanon. Even a mitzvah say the raisa, you wouldn't need to put yourself in danger. The fichach hayoyim emiri haravzal. Therefore, says the ritva, my teacher would say, that if it's windy outside, she and it's not possible to light it on the outside. Madlika you should light it inside. So the idea that the Ritva is saying here, and this is a big Chiddush, that when the Gemara says, it doesn't mean, it's, it's, it, what it means is, if there is a valid reason not to light outside, so then it doesn't matter, just manicha shulchane, just light inside. Now, that's a bit shvach. Sorry? I mean, sakana means sakana, it doesn't mean the, the wind will blow it out. <laughs> so because the Gemara, the pshat is like the this. The wind could also be not to blow it out. The wind could be to cause a fire. No, 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 no. It's, it's, no, 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 no. It means, it means I could be a chenot. The vote is like a chenot. The way I understand the ritva is like this. The Gemara is talking for the Bnei Bavel, right? In Bnei Bavel, in, in that period, there was, like Rashi and Tosus, both quotes from other Gemaras, there was a very real sakana in certain times of the year or whatever it was, not... To have candles. The point that the Gemara, right, and that it wouldn't have made, I'm <coughs> suggesting, it wouldn't make sense for the Gemara to say if it's windy or snowy, because in Bavel it wasn't windy or snowy in November and December, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
So, but the Gemara is just saying, what could possibly be a reason that it's not good for you to light outside? Well, there's a very practical reason, there's Sakana. But what the Ritva's Rebbe is saying is that the Gemara doesn't mean to say that anything less severe than a danger is not a good enough excuse. What the Gemara is saying is that if there's a valid reason not to light outside, then you shouldn't light inside. And therefore, um, the Aruch HaShulchan suggests that perhaps the reason why nowadays we don't light outside, everyone, it's almost, the, the, the after, yeah, it's very obvious, you see this very, everyone who talks about it virtually, in recent, in recent years not so much, because in recent years there has been a movement to try and re- uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to rekindle the kindling, but um, but everyone talks about it in terms of this is the sta- the status quo, and trying to either justify it or rationalize how that came to be, etc. So the Aruch Hashulchan says like this. Um, he doesn't quote the Ritva, um, but he sort of goes with the long with, along with the same lines, and he says that nowadays we don't light outside. <coughs> Even the Aruch HaShulchan is a, is a recent uh, Aruch HaShulchan lived about 150 years ago and the Ritva lived about 500 years ago so yeah, the Aruch HaShulchan is a is a, is a, is a okay. he says um, even though now, nowadays we, light, we don't light outside we light inside, even though there's no danger nevertheless it is almost impossible to light outside because in all of our in our regions <coughs> Hanukkah is in a very cold, rainy and snowy season and windy season, and it is impossible to light them outside unless you surround it with a glass cage. The Chachamim won't matriach you so much to have to make a special glass enclosing to be able to light the menorah. Now, that's a borrowed expression from the Gemara later on, which We'll see whether we get there or not. But by another thing, where the Gemara says that that, the, that they were looking, that Chazal were looking to make the mitzvah of Menorah easy for us. So the Aruch Hashulchan borrows that expression from there and says, here also, we don't want to make you light it in a, in a glass. Now, um, one of the, one of the concern, considerations or concerns which have been raised about people lighting outside, um, which I don't know if this applies in Etzishol, but definitely in other places, is that the menorah has to have a shield. When you light the candle, the candle has to be able to, to light, to, to, to burn, for the requisite shield of time. Let's call it, for argument's sake, half an hour. Now, we've already discussed in the past that if you light the menorah outside, there's ample reason to say that you have to have it burning a lot more than half an hour until close man there's people in the street. But let's just use the word half an hour for argument's sake. So you have to have a, a light that burn, burns half, half an hour. Now, if afterwards the candle goes out, that doesn't matter. We pass, and even though, by the way, in Sefer Minhagim it says that our minhag is that if the menorah goes out within the time, you do rekindle it, but that's a minhag. The halacha is, we pass in the Gemara and Shulchan Aruch, if the menorah goes out, you do not need to rekindle it. But that's only if it, go, if it happens to go out. But when you light it, you have to make sure that the menorah has a shear to burn for half an hour. So some have argued that if you light the menorah in a cold, windy, rainy, snowy place, so at the moment that you're lighting the menorah, 
you have to lift the glass cage enclosing around it. So at that moment, it isn't possible for it to burn for half an hour. The fact that afterwards you then put in front of it a glass which will block the wind doesn't retroactively um, make that your the kindling to have been quote a kosher kindling. Uh, you could ar- you could hear you could argue backwards and forwards, but that's just a concern that has been raised. And some people who light outside that nowadays they have all sorts of glass. Okay, yeah, the one that you're able to stick your hand into the thing, and 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 and, and that it should be protected from the wind at the time that you're lighting it. It's not so practical, but uh, it's probably doable. Yeah, and that can yes. be considered a sakana of not fulfilling the mitzvah. The sakana that you can't won't be, won't be able to fill the mitzvah properly. Well, that's for sure. The, the argument those who those who follow this argument will say that it's better to light inside <coughs> than to light outside, and perhaps not. Yeah, kula alma Everyone agrees that if you're not going to fulfill the mitzvah outside, then it's better to light inside. Yes. So the ability to learn, to the ability to burn that we're judging is has to do with the. the the candle itself, or has to do with also the surroundings? Uh, everything. The, the, <coughs> in fact, the, um, the, 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 when you go and buy, if you buy candles, uh, we light with oil, but if you buy candles for the menorah, so there's the, you go into jewel, there's different types, but the cheapest one, which are on sale for 69 cents a pack, if you buy, yeah, so those ones, those candles, <coughs> you really, they really burn... Uh, exactly half an hour. Now, the problem with those candles are like this. First of all, as do the... Uh, this is the problem with all cheap candles, the same candles they use over here. Now, often they have... The wicks are very big. And what happens is when you light it, the fire becomes very big and the whole candle starts burning and uh, it's a whole gesheft. That's A. So if that happens, it's not going to move for half an hour. But v'oid v'huha iker, those candles, on the first and second and third day, they may burn for half an hour. But once you're having it surrounded by more candles, especially if a bunch, a number of people are lighting together and there's a lot of heat, those candles don't last half an hour. Um, I actually did an experiment. My little boy who's two, he's using those candles. And um, he's not even so he has no chiyuv, his is just for show. So I didn't, uh, yeah. And, but I timed it. And in the last few nights, I don't, definitely, maybe some of them burnt for half an hour, but definitely not all of them. Um, now, right. So personally, <laughs> person personally, I don't use those from time. Maybe next year I'll try and see what we can do. Personally, I use bigger ones from time. They're much more expensive. It's a problem. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're doing time on such a scale, now the limud I'll have one limud that I'll try and suggest to, to to justify the use of those candles is like this. Now we know that the ikar hamitzvah is. To light one candle. The minag is to add every night. The ik is to light one candle. Now, when you light the first candle, that candle is going to burn for half an hour. The only reason it might not burn for half an hour is because you later you're adding more candles and, and there's so much heat around. But at the moment that you light the first candle, it has the shear to be able to burn for half an hour. Right? That's as if to say that... Uh, Right? Well, <laughs> so that that can perhaps be a justification <laughs> for the use of those candles, but uh, it's far from ideal. So,
how exactly the, did the minhag develop not to light outside? So we see here some understand that because when there was a sakana, they stopped lighting inside, the minhag sort of never changed back. Others, the ritva, and others say that there were uh, <coughs> climatic considerations. Is that the, that's the wrong word? Meteorological considerations. Sorry? Meteorological considerations. That. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. No, okay. Um, Another interesting um, suggestion is as follows. In Chicago, just looking around the table, I think everyone around this table besides myself lives in a house. Um, But in many places, the norm is for people to live in apartment buildings. Okay, so if you live in a condo or an apartment building, and till today, in many places, especially in Israel, most people live in Europe, most people live in apartment buildings, and perhaps, so, so perhaps the problem is like this. What happens if you have one door that serves a number of people? So in the olden days, they didn't have building, apartment building that we have, but the no, they did have chatzeros. Now, chatzeros, and this is very, this is sort of basics in when, you, when it comes to Hilchas Erevin, carrying on Shabbos, etc. The normal way of living in, 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 in at least in Europe, um, and in, in Bavel, it seems, also was, that the way things were built was there was the main street, of which there were side streets, and off the side streets were chatzeros. Each chutzer was a courtyard, and each chutzer had a number of houses off, sort of leading into that front yard. So there's a front yard, which was the front yard of a number of houses, and there was the door from your house into the chutzer, from your chutzer into the side street, and from the side street, into, and then the side, there was no door, then the side street led, led into the main street. So there's a machlokus shushenim as to where you are supposed to light um, when you live in a house in a chotzer, do you light at the door from your house that goes to the chotzer, or do you light from the door that goes from your chotzer to the street? Okay, so that's machlokus. I believe we pass when you light to the street. Okay. Now the question is, what happens if there's a number of yidden living in one chotzer and they all need to light menorah? So the ritva, say ritva actually, he says like this: a big chotzer, which many uh, Jewish uh, homeowners live. It would seem that all of them should just light one menorah together. They should all uh, sort of share the costs of one menorah at the entrance from the chotzer into the street. And that will be the hecker, that will be the message for the, for the ranim. However, he says, Yeshemrim, some say, that because Chazal have said mitzvah that the mitzvah is to do one candle for every household, Everybody should light in their own personal house. And you don't need to light outside at all. Just like somebody who would live in an, at- in an aliyah, in an attic or on the second floor, who doesn't have any entrance exit to the outside, would just light his menorah on the table, assuming there's no window. 
וחשוד לקד היוד בני מוסר לכל חד וחד דאי לנפשי אמר לכל נפשי וכינו there's no חשד now the concept of חשד and as far as נר חנוכה is concerned is a bit beyond the scope but the idea is that there are a number of cases in halacha where technically as far as the halachas of מנוירה per se are concerned, a person would be exempt from lighting the menorah, but yet he does have to light because of chashad. We're concerned that somebody will see his house and say, hey, how come this person doesn't light a menorah? So because of that, he has to light one anyway. Says the ritva, in this case, I'm not concerned that if everybody, all the b'nei hachats are light inside their house, there's going to be a chashad, because everybody knows that because there's numerous residents in the same chotzer, everyone's going to light inside. And he finishes off with chen nogu b'chol this is indeed the custom in all of these lands. So perhaps what the ritva, I don't know if he's saying it so explicitly, but perhaps one can extrapolate or understand from the ritva that the minhag to light inside the house developed in a time and place when most people didn't have their own homes, or their own entrance from the home to the Rishos Harabim, and it just became the minhag to do so, um, and to do inside. Now, another interesting, an interesting uh, uh, diok <coughs> is as follows. The Rambam has two prokim on Hilchas Chanukah. It actually is four prokim on Hilchas Megillah Megilla Chanukah. So the first two prokim on the laws of Purim, and the second two prokim are Nilchus Chanukah. We just learned it in the Rambam cycle uh, in for three prokim a few days ago. So the th- third, it's, it's parak, the two prokim of Chanukah are Parak Gimel and Dalit, because Aleph and Beis are about Purim. <coughs> so Parak Gimel is primarily um, about Halil on Chanukah and how to say halal, and it talks about halal on other days of the year as well, it leads into that. And then the, the second parak, the fourth parak, are all the laws of the Menorah. However, in the introduction to the third parak, he gives a brief overview of, the, of Hanukkah. And uh, we'll see about the time, but he, he, he says over here, maybe we'll get back to more of this, Because of all the above, Chachamim in that generation instituted that these eight days should be, you may say, okay? And one lights the candles in the evenings on the door, by the doors of the houses every night of these eight nights. Now, he's not, this is not the chapter where he's discussing the laws of the Menorah. All the laws, how many to light and where to light and when to light, all the details are discussed in the next chapter. Now he's just answering, in, in, introducing the concept of the mitzvah, and he says two things, that it's the mitzvah to light candles at night at the doors of your house, at the door of your house. So perhaps the Rambam indeed holds that, um, perhaps the Rambam indeed holds that lighting, just like it's obvious that you have to light it at night, that's just, that's not, that lighting at night is not just an ideal, but that is the mitzvah, you can't light the manure during the day. So perhaps the Rambam also holds that lighting it uh, the Pesach bias outside your house is also um, part of the uh, integral part of the mitzvah. Having said that, there is, as I have here, a sefer from a Bosher Vice called Minchas Asher, where he wants to suggest as follows. There are a number of things in the Gemara here which it says mitzvah. The one we're learning right now is Hanurabonon. Mitzvah to place the Ner Hanukkah um, 
outside your house. Later on, we're going to have the Gemara, which I have to ask people's advice, because today, because of the long davening, we started late, so I need to know what time I should finish. But uh, seven, what, what, what seven the, minutes after. <coughs> should I go till 10.30? Should I go till 10.30? I have to go at... Uh, I got a bench at 10.50. I'm okay staying. Dan? 10.30 Okay. So we'll see maybe later, but the Gemara says, Mitzvah lahanicha it's a mitzvah to put it lower than ten tfachim. Mitzvah l'hanichal. But there's a number of things in the Gemara here, mitzvah l'hanichal. So the question is, how do you understand this, the, the, these words, mitzvah l'hanichal? Is it just saying that this is the ideal way to do it? Or is it saying that the mitzvah is to do it in this way and any other way is no good? So Rabbi Weiss draws our attention to a Beis Yosef in Hilchus Mezuzah. Where also we have, I think it's over there, also three things where the Gemara Menachos uses these exact, the same expression, mitzvah lahanicha. Mitzvah lahanicha b'shlisha elyon, it's mitzvah to put the mezuzah on the top third. Mitzvah lahanicha b'tafach samach l'shus arabim. And Rabbi Weiss suggests that perhaps this is really a machlekes l'shitosi, what he calls it. The Rambam. What was that last statement? It's, it's a. Machlokas, which goes le which means that we see the same the same logic sort of goes as the the, the, the spinal yeah, cord. Yeah. So the Rambam, who seems to suggest that lining the menorah outside is actually integral to the mitzvah, in Hilchas Mezuzah he also holds that those things are integral to the integral to the mitzvah, whereas. The Beisasa, for example, who suggests in Hilchas Mezuzah that those things which it says mitzvah hanicha are not integral to the mitzvah, it's just telling you the ideal way to perform the mitzvah mezuzah, perhaps when it says mitzvah hanicha in this Gemara, it also only means um, uh, the mitzvah, uh, but, 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 it's not, but, but it's not integral, and that seems to be the opinion of most Rishonim, and like I said, throughout, even in Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah says, bifnim, the accepted practice has been for many, many generations to light only on the inside. Now, I have here a Sefer where he he actually, he, he makes a nice overview of the various Minhagim. He actually, he actually points out that it would seem that the Minhag developed in two stages. That first, the Minhag became to light the Minhag at your front door, but instead of lighting it outside, they lit it inside. But that at least, while, if the door would have been open, it would um, be visible to the street, but later on the minute developed to completely um, just to light it inside. And he brings here a very strong lushenius from various um, sforim, actually in both directions. Um, and interestingly enough, you have in Hasidish sforim, um, a certain Hasidish sforim write very strongly about lighting inside. It's actually somewhat... Um, counterintuitive, the Chabad custom, because the Rebbe made such a big shturim about bringing the message of Hanukkah to the streets, and we have public <coughs> menorahs and car menorahs and this and that, and uh, etc. And yet, um, we light dafke inside, and like we'll see soon, we don't. We specifically do not light at the window. We light dafke inside. Now, um, however, the minute pashit though, for most people, is by the window. The minhag poshut for most people is by the window. I, I'm not sure if that's correct. What, what do you mean by most people? Most, most, um, all, all, all Hasidim 
All chasidim light by the door inside, not by the window. Uh, pretty much. And outside of the Hasidish world, so it's it boils down to Machlaikis Apaskim, which again we'll see at the time how much we're able to cover. But uh, it's not it's it's, it's, it's or take a walk through the neighborhood. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. yeah, okay. That's why I said Okay. Um I just thought interesting here that he brings here from Echsidish Sefer from Dvar Yehoshua I'm not even sure who that is where he <laughs> fire and brimstone against people who have tried to change the minhag to light outside and that the minhag is you shouldn't change any minhagim and I mean, is that fire against the people who don't light outside? No, against the people outside. who do light outside. He's very against changing anything. Fire and, and uh, brimstone. And that, that would... <laughs> but that yeah. could be a danger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he has some very yeah. sharp... Anyway, it's appropriate for lighting the fire. Yeah. Whatever, I could show you that I don't want to spend too much time on this thing, but I just, I just found it interesting to see how people on both sort of sides of the fence feel very strongly about their minhag, and he felt, in fact, he even suggests that you perhaps are not even yoit to the mitzvah outside, because he, want, he, want, he basically wants to say that when, what, once there was the sakona, and Chazal said, then that's it, there's no more mitzvah to light outside, now you have to light inside. And because we don't like other things, once you don't have a Besdin who are able to uproot the previous one. Okay. Now, I want to also say that um, when you light out, if, if you were to light, again, I'm not yet talking about lighting in the window, but if you were to light outside, um, there are a number of things to be very um, careful about, which perhaps could have also be part of what led to the minute to light inside, because if you light outside, in other words, everyone under, agrees that Medina de Gemara, there is room to light inside. The question is, in the absence of danger, is that good enough? But lighting inside has a basis. Once you light outside, so for example, if you have, um, if you have, uh, some, some opinions hold that it must be betafach hasamuch lepesach. That the menorah has to be within a tefach next to the door. So you, you move it over a few inches too many, then, then, you, then according to some opinions, you're not even yet to the mitzvah at all. Because you can't, like we've discussed in the past, the menorah has to be lit by your house. You can't just light the menorah in the street and be, be yet to the mitzvah. Even in shul, you're not yet to the mitzvah. You have to go home and light again, right? So, so for example... Uh, I saw in today's poskim speaking for those people in Eretz who do light outside, asking, are you allowed to light on your balcony? And uh, all sorts of, is the balcony part of the house? Is it not part of the house? The fence of the balcony, the door of the balcony, and, you know, and to some, one of the, sort of in reading, I don't remember all the who said what's, but some say that if you light on your balcony, you're not yet to the mitzvah at all. So, Perhaps because there's so many ifs and buts when you're lighting outside, but when you're lighting inside, you find so many, much more, um, in fact, some, this is not our minhag, but some suggest that the idea of lighting the menorah under the tent fachim is also only if you're lighting outside. But, so, for various reasons, it could be that that's why. Now, once we're lighting inside, so do you light, where, where inside do you light? 
So the Gemara says that you put the menorah um, on the left side of the door, so you have the mezuzah miyamin and the menorah mismail. Many poskim understand that, that only, that's only if you're lighting it outside. But if you're lighting it inside, then there's no idea to put it by the door. The Gemara says, Manichal you put it on your table. However, other poskim, and this is our minhag, understand that this concept of being surrounded by mitzvahs applies inside, and therefore even when you light inside, the most appropriate place to light the menorah inside is dafka, um, opposite the mezuzah, and not, and therefore not in the window. Now, the Morgan Avraham, I believe, is, I don't know if the first or the primary person who says that um, nowadays we tackle light inside, but if you have a window, you should light it in the window so that you should be able to see it from uh, from the Rishos Um And this, like Rehachar pointed out, seems to be the prevalent minhag in Chicago, according to the Morgan Avram. Now, why, nevertheless, is our minhag not like that? Why do we light the menorah by the door, not by the window? So there's a number of considerations. One consideration is, like I just mentioned, that we want to have the mezuzah min and the and, and the nechanaka mishmod. We want to be surrounded by mitzvahs, which, according, perhaps could outweigh the idea of having it in the window. Additionally, additionally, there are lechayre three other reasons why we light inside. <coughs> One is because. The minhag was, <coughs> nowadays is less prevalent, but the minhag was always to have a menorah, what's called menorah with a back. That means you have the, the fancy silver menorah, you still see them in the silver, yeah? you have eight candles over here, and then there's a big silver back that goes on the back. So such a menorah, if you would light it in the window and face it to the street, then the b'nei bias wouldn't be able to see it at all. So the Rebbe actually suggests this in a sikha that perhaps one of the reasons why the minhag developed once we're lighting inside, to light by the door and not by the window, is because when you light with a menorah with a back, you can't light by the window because that would take it away from the family. The Rebbe also, uh, in a letter, or in Sefer Minhag, in a letter, says, quotes the Gemara in Sukkah, that we uh, we copy or emulate the way the Rabbeim did things, the way our tzaddikim did things, even if perhaps there is a better way to do it, but if that way is also good enough, then we specifically do it that way, which is only good enough, and not we don't look to do it better than the way our tzaddikim did it, and that's based on the Gemara in Sukkah, that's B. And C, which is a very lucky consideration, which again doesn't apply in Chicago, doesn't apply to most people, but in many places <coughs> does apply to many people. And that is, <coughs> and the Gemara is going to say later that if you put the menorah higher than 20 amas, you're not Yitzah. Because the whole idea of the menorah is that people should see it. The Gemara is, uh, is telling us that people's uh, natural line of vision or what they pay attention to is lower than 20 amas. Now, if you put the menorah higher than that, you're not Yitzah in the mitzvah. So the question is, if you put a menorah in your window and you live on the second or third or higher than that floor from the street, and you're more than 20 amas from the street, um, you're not Yitzah. Now, you may still say that 
you're at least yotzer for the people in your house, because as far as the people in your house are concerned, it's less than 20 amas. However, it, then that brings you back the other way. That if it, So if you're lighting it for the people in your house and not for the people in the street, then it's better to light by a door. And additionally, like we're going to see later, you're supposed to light the menorah less than 10 tfachim. So if you're saying that I'm lighting it for the street, so it's better that I don't have, I have less than 20 amas, okay, so it's more than 10 tefachim that you could, you could go with. But once it's more than 20 amas for the street, perhaps it's better in your house that it shouldn't be on the windowsill, which is usually higher or many times higher than 10 tefachim. I think usually a windowsill is more than 10 tefachim. 10 tefachim is not very much. You measured it. How much is it? They have in jewel, they give free... About a meter. 40 inches? Yeah, 80 centimeters. No, it's less than a meter. 80 centimeters. It's about 40. They have in Jewel, they're giving out for free in their mitzvah a ruler which has three, seven, and ten tefachim according to all the opinions. I think oh, really? I think they had Dan in mind when they made this. <laughs> so, um, I missed a ruler. I didn't get one either. So, um, I took them all and burned <laughs> So, So that's another problem. <laughs> the windowsill is often more than ten tefachim. Now, some have argued that if you live, let's say, on the fifth floor of an apartment building, and across the street is another apartment building, well, then you're more than 20 amas from the street, but you're parallel to the people across the street. But that, again, is a questionable argument, because we're not lighting the menorah for people in their houses. The, the menorah is to be lit for people in the street. And it is more than 20 amas from the street. And the Rebbe also refers to that, to that in the letter as a reason to refrain from lighting the menorah in the window. Anyway, um, it's impossible to exhaust this subject completely. There's always more and more literature as far as the canon can, but I believe I've given a, uh, a, a, a pretty good overview of the concept. Um, we stop in here, we continue. Where does the come from? No, no, no. Tent of is not halakha l'mashim Sinai. Well, yeah. Right. Does Dailam want to continue a bit? Okay. Nice to go. You got three of the four. Good. I think we'll stop here and we'll continue next year. We'll talk about them talking next year. Hazan is a little bit of 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 a little bit of